the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America. Welcome to the 35th ever show of All Around Sports, live from Boston. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news. In 15 minutes, we will welcome our guest, Carrie Byrne, publisher of coldhardfootballfacts.com, to discuss the Tim Tebow phenomenon, and at the bottom of the hour, we will welcome our weekly call-in guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Additionally, I will bring you coverage of the New England Patriots and Boston Celtics practices that I attended this week. <clears throat> I'm going to start today with my low light of the week, which is National League MVP Ryan Braun of the Milwaukee Brewers testing positive for steroids. Part of Braun's appeal was his everyman body size combined with a likable personality and the fact that he is the reigning MVP shows that baseball remains a joke. They may have tougher testing, but players are apparently still into the juice. I long ago accepted the artificiality in the sport, that it was steroid pitchers throwing to steroid hitters, and may the best steroids win. So either watch it or not, but don't be surprised by these types of allegations that Braun had, and don't waste time talking about it. My bizarre sports story of the week is the arrest of Chicago Bears receiver Sam Hurd, who was arrested on drug charges, where he was allegedly discussing huge buys of cocaine and marijuana to apparently establish a drug dealing network. ESPN is already reporting that he has dealt drugs to fellow NFL players, so this story already has the early feel of the tip of the iceberg, and uh, watch this one closely, folks. I got the feeling uh, we haven't heard the last of this, especially if he has sold drugs to fellow NFL players. Unfortunately, this incident further darkens the cloud that has descended over the Bears. First, the Jay Cutler injury, then running back Matt Forte gets hurt, then they become the latest victim of Tebow magic, and now this arrest. It shows how a great season can come apart at the seams in a hurry. And that leads right into my highlight of the week, 
which is the team and the player going in the opposite direction of uh, Mr. Hurd and the Chicago Bears. And I'm speaking, of course, about the Denver Broncos and Tim Tebow. I watched the Bears game live last Sunday, as I have most of his six, most of Tebow's and the Broncos' six straight wins, courtesy of NFL Red Zone. And I absolutely love this wild ride that uh, that they are taking us all on. I truly cannot understand how anyone could not enjoy this ride, since it is one of those magical runs that happens only once a decade or so. That plays out over a few months, maybe more. And just grows exponentially each week. I mean, this is why, after all, sports are played for stories like this. If Tebow and his teammates beat the Patriots this Sunday, which I believe will be a record-setting ratings blockbuster, this story explodes from the biggest story in sports and crosses over into mainstream Americana. And frankly, I can't think of a more heartwarming Christmas week story than this. I've been riding the Tebow train since his Gator days at the University of Florida and, uh, in, and certainly here in the NFL since the Miami Miracle about seven weeks ago. So to do a little further investigation, I reached out to a uh, trusted college buddy from my hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania, and he had moved to Florida with me back in the day, and although I returned to the Northeast... He stayed in the Sunshine State, became a University of Florida faculty member, and along with his wife, they've been multi-decade season ticket holders for the Gators. They are true, true Tebow followers, and answered for me the question of whether TT, as they like to call him down in Gainesville, is genuine. And they swear on a stack of Bibles that he is the real deal, a genuine Christian who only cares about winning and team, and I believe them, and uh, again, they've been watching Tebow throughout his college career, and since then, and uh, again, they are true believers, and, uh, and if they are, I am. So then I took advantage of the uh, Tebow phenomenon arriving in New England here this week for Sunday's big game. So I tuned into uh, TT's media conference call the other day, and here are a few clips from this uh, session. The first being Tim Tebow talking about his team. Too often right now, but uh, yeah, it's just it's exciting to be part of. Uh, not because of all the hype or anything, but just because you know to be part of a team that um, that has such great camaraderie and chemistry and cares about each other and you know works together and supports each other, offense, defense, special teams, and yeah, that's, that's definitely something special when you have that, and, and I'm blessed, you know, just to be a part of it, and, and very thankful as well. And here's uh, Tim Tebow speaking a little bit about leadership. And my teammates have said that, that you know, means a lot. Um, I think that's ultimately the biggest thing you want is just respect from your teammates, and I think that comes just from hard work and, and you know, them knowing how much you care about uh, what you do, how much you care about them, and, um, you know, I think, you know, we just got a team that really cares about each other, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, amazing leaders on this team, from Champ Bailey to Elvis Dumerville to Willis McGahee to Chris Cooper, and, and the list goes on and on, and those guys, you know, have really been the ones that pulled us together. I'm very thankful for their leadership. 
And it's quotes like that that tell you why Tim Tebow is beloved by his teammates by all indications. They don't appear to have any resentment over the Tebow phenomenon, the national attention that he is getting. And and this next quote I thought was just particularly interesting and provided uh, even more of an insight to what he's all about. It's uh, specifically talking about uh, the Bears game on Sunday. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing for me that, that definitely helps with it is, you know, there's a quote that I've always said is, you know, I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. And so keeping that in perspective always helps. And then just trusting your teammates and you know, realizing that at the end of those games, you know, you, that you dreamed of doing this since you were a little boy. And, you know, let's, let's not, you know, try to get all stressed out with it. Let's just go play and have fun and, and see what we can do. And, uh, you know, because if you told me I had that opportunity to, you know, try, try to come back, you know, first the, you know, uh, Chicago Bears when I was a little boy, I mean, that's a dream come true. So I'm going to go out there and have fun with it and, you know, put forth my best effort and uh, try to be the same guy no matter what. So, again, as you heard, uh, everything about the guy just seems so genuine. Uh, you know, he still brings out little kid quality with his remark about, you know, playing and beating the Chicago Bears and what it would have meant to him as a kid. And, you know, he just, uh, you know, has that it factor, the the leadership and, uh you know, whatever you may think of his Christianity, and I know that is at the root of why he has become such a polarizing figure, uh, I personally don't see why that just can't be set aside uh, and, you know, enjoy the football aspect of it. Uh, and, you know, the charge that this guy is leading for the Broncos, uh, you know, if, if you don't want the, the Christianity aspect of it, you can... Uh, you know, not listen to the post game. I guess is a good way to say it. And just again, watch and enjoy the football part of it, which I can't believe that any true sports fan wouldn't just absolutely love. Uh, there's, you know, been some great, great things have come out of this already. I mean, the the his famous kneeling on one knee pose now has an actual name to it, which is called T-bowing. And there was news this morning that I guess a couple high school students down in, I believe, Long Island were T-bowing at school and they were suspended, which I found rather interesting. Um, It's become already just an iconic pose. Uh, I heard a line this week that I thought was pretty good, which uh, builds Sunday's game as God versus God, meaning Tebow versus Bill Belichick. Love that. Chris Collingsworth on Inside the NFL the other night compared Tebow's current run, seven wins in eight games, including six in a row, to the run by George Blanda back many years ago, a few decades ago, where he basically was kicking game-winning field goals and or leading the Oakland Raiders to uh, game-winning touchdowns when he was in his 40s and I remember that run and it was just special and I thought Collingsworth made just a, a great analogy with that and lastly uh, if you haven't seen it yet uh, on that same Inside the NFL NFL Films had Tebow mic'd up for uh, for the game against the Bears on Sunday and it was just absolutely uh, Fabulous stuff. I mean, truly to be treasured and just offers further insight into Tebow. Particular clip where he talks to a receiver who just dropped a ball wide open for a touchdown, said he was going to catch the winning touchdown. 
uh, later in the game, Tebow was supporting him after he had literally just dropped a pass uh, that would have been a short TD. And uh, and sure enough, uh, later on in the game, he did catch uh, what uh, a touchdown and was a key player uh, going down the stretch as they won another game yet at the end. So, uh, the other side to this is, of course, who they're playing. And that's New England Patriots, of course, on Sunday. One of the league's marquee teams featuring Tom Brady. Everybody's saying, and I agree, that, uh, you know, the the apparent way to beat the Broncos is to bury them early when uh, the team doesn't do much in the first three quarters. And if... uh, and Brady and the Patriots are certainly just the team to uh, run up some serious points in the first three quarters. And uh, here is Patriots special teams demon and linebacker Tracy White talking about facing Tim Tebow. I'm here with Tracy White, linebacker with the New England Patriots. And this is Tebow time week. And Tracy, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, defending Tim Tebow. Um, you know, it's not really just him on the, uh, for the for the offense. Uh, basically, the whole team and how they manage the offense and uh, the plays the plays that they run out of it. So uh, it's, it's a lot of things that they got that they can do, and a lot of ways of them keeping you know our offense off the field. So it's you know it's, they they got a good running game with McGahee, and now they got some good receiver threat. So uh, it's defending their whole offense. Now I know you've been playing a lot of. Uh defense this year in addition to your well-known special teams work and uh, how's that been for you? I know you've had a couple big games, Jets down there in particular, uh, some huge plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, The play at the end of the Jets game uh, which was terrific and uh, how's it been for you playing defense? Uh, You know, it's exciting getting getting in on defense. Uh, You know, I uh, that's my goal to uh, make it on defense but you know my first priority is uh, special teams and uh, basically I you know, whenever they have me in for defense, I give it 100% and just uh, no mental errors. It'd be, just be assignment sound. And how, how's it going, been going for you on special teams this year? Uh, I would say pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, can't complain. You know, doing what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. So, uh, you know, I just want to make plays. Try to me, me and Slave, we always got a battle going. Matthew Slave, we got a battle going. Whoever who gets the most tackles. So, you know, basically it's about getting down their speed and doing your job. It seems like one of the two of you makes just about every tackle on uh, punt and kickoff coverage. Yeah, we try. We try. We try to. You know, we got a lot of good guys on uh, on special scenes and uh, everybody just, you know, doing what they're supposed to do and being disciplined. Terrific. And last question, uh, what do you think of the overall Tebow phenomenon? It's uh, just been incredible. I really have trouble remembering uh, anything quite like it in recent years in the NFL, just the national attention that it's been getting. And here, here the Patriots are heading to Denver this week. Yeah, basically it's about uh, who makes the most plays, uh, you know, whoever makes the most mistakes. We uh, just try to be assignments on everybody doing their job, discipline, and uh, whatever, whatever um, you know, the game plan is that we, we just got to execute it and uh, make less mistakes, you know, less penalties and just, you know, we, we play, we got we can't beat ourselves, but like that. Have you ever played against Tebow before? Yeah. Have you ever talked a quarterback that big? Uh, in your memory? Uh, I, I would think so. I can't really remember, but probably. Oh, yeah, have you been working hard on, you know, just his uh, 
his mobility, his running game, and the different things that he brings to the table? Uh, I mean, it's just the offense style. You know, it's, it, every every offense is different. So um, just being disciplined and uh, what you got to do, whatever whatever you whatever guy you have, just play him. You know, just being disciplined in the defense. Terrific. Well, Tracy, thank you, as always, for your time. And uh, you're my go-to guy here in the Patriot locker room every time I come over. So, once again, I appreciate your thoughts. All right. And another defender, cornerback Nate Jones for the Patriots, uh, had this to say about facing Tebow Sunday. I don't, I don't know how we're exactly going to do it. But, uh, like I said, it just comes down to when we have a scrambling quarterback. You know, uh, somebody has to be responsible for him. Can't let him run all over the field. So, uh, see how it goes. Um, again, it presents a, a definitely a different challenge. You know, when you got a guy that just sits in the box. Well, as you could hear, a lot of excitement in the Patriot locker room yesterday, and uh, felt like a playoff game. So, it's going to be big. And now, as my former co-host Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, who, by the way, was uh, Tracy White's teammate and roommate at Howard University. Uh, but as Lemon liked to say, time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And coming up next, Carrie Byrne, publisher of Cold Hard Football Facts. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests join us. And today we have Carrie Byrne, publisher of coldhardfootballfacts.com, based right here in Boston. 
And welcome, Carrie, and thanks for coming on the show to provide the bare football facts to set straight all the Tebow doubters who are not yet on board. How are you? I'm doing well, John. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, well, when I need to know the facts behind the story, and in this case, many misconceptions, you're always my go-to guy, and uh, I know you've done your Tebow research and have some terrific information to share with our listeners. Well, you know, you know the one thing that I, that I find fascinating, you know, the, the Tim Tebow story is fascinating on two levels. One is the cultural phenomenon, his, his, his religion, his, his background, and, you know, the fact that, that in the summer he goes and, you know, performs, you know, basically plays doctor to the orphans of Manila. I mean, it's almost like you can't believe it, like it's made up, but it's all, it's all true. So the cultural story is fascinating uh, and even divisive, but so isn't the football story. Uh, and what I find fascinating is, is how this storyline developed, John, coming out of college, that he, that he wasn't a passer, that he wasn't a good passer, that he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. And, and honestly, how this story gained traction in the face of all the evidence to the contrary is one of the great mysteries of modern sports. Tebow was not only a good passer in college, John, he was the greatest passer in the history of the Southeastern Conference, period. It's not a debate. There's, there's, no, there's no two sides to this argument. He was the greatest passer ever in a conference, by the way, that's turned out uh, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, six of the last 14 drafts have been an SEC quarterback. Uh, and he was better than all of them. I mean, let's just go, let's go straight to number one, Peyton Manning, right? Everyone knows right. Peyton Manning's a great quarterback. We all know he's one of the greats of all time. And nobody doubted that he'd be able to play quarterback and pass the football in the NFL, but Tim Tebow, by the way, was a much better passer than even Peyton Manning in college, playing the same SEC uh, competition, both playing on very talented teams. Manning's team, of course, winning the national title the year after he left. Uh, and three of Manning's battery mates, you know, three of the wide receivers he played with were number one NFL draft picks. So Manning was surrounded by plenty of talent. Now, let me throw the numbers out at you. Tim Tebow completed a much higher percentage of his passes. He had a much higher average per attempt. He had a much higher touchdown percentage. He had a much lower interception percentage. And his passer rating was 20 points higher. He was, by any empirical measure, a better <laughs> passing quarterback. Not a better winner, not a better runner, not a better leader, a better passing quarterback than Peyton Manning. It's not even a debate. And, and now that doesn't mean, that doesn't always translate to the NFL. I understand that. But the, the storyline that he wasn't a good passer in college is basically a myth, complete mythology around Tim Tebow, and then the fact is he was one of the all-time great passes in the history of college football and definitely the best in SEC history. That is great stuff, and that is just something that, you know, I've not heard anywhere else. But, John, why, what me about is why don't people look at, you can just go, all I do is look up the numbers. It's not, it's not that hard to do, and I know from watching Tim Tebow play, he was brilliant as a college performer. Again, it doesn't translate, but you know what we do at Code Hard Football Facts? We look at what we call quality stats. These are stats that have a direct correlation to winning football games. And what we find is winning in the NFL is all about efficiency. How high is your pass rating? How high is your average per attempt? What's your touchdown to interception ratio? All the great champions in history were all very good in these indicators. So when we say Tim Tebow was a, was a great passer in college, you know, people say, well, it was college. You know, look at, uh, you know, look at uh, David Klingler. Well, you know, guys like Andre Weir and David Klingler and Case Keenum, all these, you know, Houston quarterbacks were... We're dropping back to pass the ball 70 times a game, and they were putting up big volume numbers, but their efficiency numbers weren't great. Tim Tebow was putting up world-class, all-time great efficiency numbers, the numbers that win NFL games. And really the fascinating one 
is his interceptions. He's played 16, he's played six years of major college football at, at the highest level in the SEC and two years in the NFL now. Uh, six seasons of, of football, a total of 20 interceptions, John. He doesn't oh throw picks. That's 20 in six seasons. And right now he's on pace to have the lowest interception rate in NFL history. Now, granted, he's only played a few games. I'm not trying to extrapolate out over the course of his career. But right now, if, if the numbers hold true, he'll have the lowest interception rate in NFL history, better than Tom Brady, better than Aaron Rodgers. And I would say that, you know, right now that could be an anomaly, but it's consistent with what we saw out of him during his four years at, at, at Florida where he had totaled 15 interceptions his entire career. So one of the great things he does, besides being very efficient, he doesn't turn the ball over, and that's one, probably the number one reason in, in Denver's change of fortune since he became the quarterback eight games ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I look back. I remember the exact moment when I first became aware of him, which was, of course, uh, the national championship game when Florida beat Ohio State and uh, Chris Leak was their quarterback. But then all of a sudden they brought in this freshman who basically, like when we were kids, you know, they hiked him the ball and he just like plowed forward <laughs> running over people Yep, and, you know, mixed in with some passing and, uh, you know, I remember that moment like it was yesterday, and he's just been part of our, uh, you know, part of our football experience here in America ever since then. And uh, well, John, you bring up a good point, and excuse me for interrupting, but you bring up a good no. point. One reason why what we do at Cold Hard Football Facts, our numbers work, uh, so much of football analysis has always been done with the eye test. Okay, and what people do, they remember anecdotes. What we do is take those anecdotes and we look at the numbers. Do the numbers support those anecdotes or, or the numbers, do the numbers clash with conventional wisdom in the eye test? And in almost every instance that, those, that, those numbers, that our numbers clash with conventional wisdom in the eye test, our numbers are right and conventional wisdom in the eye test is wrong. And in the case of Tim Tebow, I think what he did is, I, mean, I, remember, I remember watching his very first game at Florida coming out. I, think, I don't know if it was the first game of the year or one of the early games in the year, uh, his, his freshman year. But, uh, you know, he, he, he did these jump passes, he'd plow under the line, and people remember those, anecdotally remember those incidents, like, wow, this sure. guy's a little bit different, this big, bullish quarterback. But right. at the end of the day, at the end of his career, he passed the ball more effectively than anybody else that we may have seen, you know, ever in college football, certainly in the SEC. So we do remember those anecdotes. We do remember he was a different player. We do remember that he was, you know, holds the SEC record, by the way, with 57 rushing touchdowns on top of his great passing numbers. But the fact of the matter is, when he passed, he was passing at an elite level, the likes of which few quarterbacks have ever done at that level. Amazing. Now, do you think that uh, they're going to take the training wheels off him this Sunday? I mean, because this is, a, this is a game, as I said in my opening segment, that conventional wisdom says, you know, the Patriots are going to come out slinging it, try to build up a lead, and they won't be able to catch up in the fourth quarter like they have seven of the last eight weeks. But is this the week that Tebow... What's these passing uh, skills to work that you're that you're referring to? Well, you, you took you, you stole my thunder with the uh, take the training wheels off the offense. I think the one thing that's been holding back the Broncos is not Tim Tebow. The fact that the coaching staff hasn't had the confidence enough to let him come out swinging right away. I mean, they've they've almost they've almost let him start passing only out of you know out of sheer necessity. And what's happened? When has Tebow been at, at his best? When he's passed the ball more, the more they allow him. The more they put the ball in his hands, the better he is. It's almost like he's, he's winning. They're winning not in spite of Tebow's struggles in the first couple quarters. 
they're winning in, in, in despite the fact that the coaching staff hasn't had the trust in him yet. And they've been at their best when he's passed the ball the most. And, you know, Rab, just looking right now, he's had 80 pass attempts in the, in the fourth quarter this season, twice as, many as, twice as many pass attempts as any other quarter this season. His average per attempt is at its best, most touchdowns, uh, best passer rating. He's been at his best when he passes the ball the most. And right now, those Patriots present a perfect opportunity uh, for them to take the training wheels off because, uh, as we say, in uh, uh, Patriots Broncos is our game of the week at Yahoo Sports this week. It should be out this afternoon. New England's pass defense is so soft that Tim Tebow might melt it over a Denver campfire and make s'mores for the entire crowd at Mile High Stadium because they just <laughs> like can't it. stop anybody. They, that New England pass defense, John, makes bad quarterbacks look very good. Just know two weeks ago, Dan Olofsky, who's lost more games without a victory than any quarterback in NFL history. In fact, Dan Olofsky <laughs> has never won an NFL game. He was a rookie in 2005. He's never won an NFL game. Had the greatest game of his career two weeks ago against the Patriots. Personal records for passing yards, completions, completion percentage, and passer rating. And that happens week after week. The Patriots' defense is so bad, their pass defense particularly is so bad, that they make bad quarterbacks look great. And by the way, the Patriots on pace right now, the Patriots right now are on pace to surrender more passing yards than any team in the history of football, almost by a 600-yard margin. The current record is held by the 95 Falcons, who gave up 4,500 passing yards. The Patriots will give up more than 5,100 yards through the year this season. In other words, they make every quarterback more prolific than Dan Marino in 1984. That's how bad they are. Uh, so if there is a time for John Fox and the you know, Denver Brain Trust to take the training wheels off the Denver offense, this is the week to do it to see if Tim Tebow can carry the load from quarter one to quarter four. And I don't know if the, Patri- I don't know if the Broncos will win the game. I mean, Tom Brady is still the best quarterback on the field Sunday. But this is the time to, to let him break loose, to let Tebow break loose. So with that said, Kerry, what do you think, what do you expect on Sunday? Is that what you expect? How do you expect the game to go? Yeah, I mean, I expect kind of a high-scoring game. I think, the, I think the Patriots, you know, and the other thing, we all know uh, you're, you're a Boston guy like I am, so the, the, the struggles of New England and, and Denver are famous. Yeah. Uh, even Tom Brady is 1-4 in, in, in Denver in his career, and Tom Brady's the winningest quarterback in modern history. The Patriots cannot win in Denver for some reason, uh, no matter what the situation, or they really do anyway. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Patriots are still the better team. Tom Brady's still the better quarterback. I think it's an exciting game, and it comes down to the end, as Tim Tebow games seem to always do. And I think the Patriots have enough in the tank. Uh, Tom Brady has enough offensively to, to make one more play than, than Tebow does to win the game. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I would love to see them shooting it out in the fourth quarter. I think that would just, you know, raise the whole sort of, rather than Denver necessarily coming back, as, as it seems the other teams, the opponents, folds, I would love to see it become a back and forth, because then no, I think we could see. I, I you know, agree, because it's going to be high drama. It's going to be broadcast from coast to coast. I already saw the broadcast maps. I mean, almost everybody in the country is going to get the game. It's probably going to be the highest rated game and regular season game in the NFL this year. Uh, the entire country is going to be glued to it, and I think they all want to see can, who, which, which magic quarterback, you know, the future Hall of Famer Tom Brady or the young phenom Tim Tebow is going to pull out the victory. And I think we're expecting uh, fireworks from, from both ends on Sunday. It's going to be great. I think it's, I agree. I think it's going to be record-setting. I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, flirts with some all-time NFL viewership records. And, uh 
And, you know, I, I just can't wait. Again, I was over in the Patriot locker room yesterday. Felt like a playoff game. Lots of just, you know, excitement in the air, both uh, from the media and the players themselves. And uh, it's a special week. So I think it's just going to be great. And, uh, you know, just uh, moving on as background for our listeners, uh, you and I, of course, got to know each other this past Super Bowl down in Dallas. And yep. we, as we talked yesterday, uh, we're both headed to Indianapolis in about six weeks and uh, can't wait for that. So who knows? We might be seeing one of these two teams there, but it's just going to be it's going to be great to catch up with you in person out there. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to it, Carrie. You're, uh, you're... Absolutely. And you listeners may be interested to know that you and I bonded at, at, the, at the hotel bar. <laughs> That's exactly which right. Met, which uh, I think is where most of the activity around Super Bowl week happens at the in the in the hotel bars, you know, but uh, it's kind of Absolutely. funny all, all all the socializing that goes on around Super Bowl. Yeah, it was nice because this hotel had a media sports media bar, which was uh, specifically for the media staying in the media hotel, and then that was great. And uh, Carrie, why don't you just tell our listeners uh, your website uh, name because I know uh, anybody listening is going to want to go and read a lot of what you were just talking about. Yeah, it's coldhardfootballfacts.com and it's basically dedicated to to what we call quality stats, uh, the stats that have a direct correlation to winning football games. So much of what you hear analysts talk about is irrelevant, meaningless, puffery that, that has nothing to do with, with what wins and loses football games. At coldhardfootballfacts.com we look at those stats that win and lose games not only that, John, at Cold Hard Insider, our premium product, we tell you how often each stat correlates to victory and how, how often every stat predicts winners in the NFL. It's, it's kind of really fascinating, eye-opening information that I think makes, will make anyone a, a better and more knowledgeable football fan. Well, I've been reading your site for years. It is spectacular. I can truly say, and I wouldn't say this about everything, I get stuff from you and off your site that you simply cannot get anywhere else. So it's spectacular, and I'm just so glad you could take the time to share uh, the Tebow phenomenon, the facts behind the Tebow phenomenon with our listeners, and I look forward to having you on again sometime soon. All right, I appreciate the time, Joe. I look forward to seeing you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Carrie, thanks again, and now it's time for our break, and joining us next will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. 
And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And hope you all enjoyed uh, our last caller, uh, Carrie Byrne from Cold Hard Football Facts. That was absolutely fabulous, fabulous stuff on uh, Tim Tebow and the misconceptions surrounding him and his passing game. And joining us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, how are you today? John, how are you? Beautiful, beautiful day out today. It is a beautiful day, and uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. And why don't we, uh, we're going to move sports here over to some NBA, which has also been uh, in the news. If we're, if we're not seeing Tebow, we're seeing NBA, and specifically Chris Paul, but... Barry, uh, much like you and I did last spring during the playoffs, I attended a Celtics practice this week, and uh, so I wanted to play a couple of the audio clips, uh, get your take on them. Uh, one thing that I really like that I'm hearing with uh, the Celtics this year is Coach Doc Rivers is treating this year as a one-year window for what is now the core four, formerly the big three, but now the core four, adding adding Rondo to Garnett, Pierce, and Allen. Uh, but Doc's treating this as a one-year window right up front uh, for them to win another championship. And uh, here's some of the things that Doc talked about, specifically rebounding on um, what they need to do this year. My offensive glass, we just didn't get any last year. You know, uh, our big should always be offensive rebounders. We want our guards getting back. Uh, you know, I will let Rondo go a little bit more this year because, you know, if teams are going to continue to play this, you know, whatever y'all want to call it, the Rondo defense, uh, you know, after watching film all summer, uh, then I told him that if no one's guarding you, then go to the glass. You'll be the only one without a body on you. And uh, with the way he rebounds, I think he can be pretty terrific at it as long as he doesn't hurt the team and not get back. And so we'll figure that out. Uh, you know, but I do think he'll help us. But uh, all the guys, Bass is terrific on the glass. Uh, uh, you know, Chris is terrific on the glass. Uh, Paul has to rebound more this year uh, for us. Uh, Rondo has to rebound more. His, his numbers were down, and Kevin has to rebound more. Doc also talked about the importance of the second team coming up this year. It's really never a whole second unit anyway, or it's just actually rarely a whole starting unit. You know, they start the game, and then from that point on, you know, it's kind of mixed. So, um, we're, we're, I'd, I'd like him to play both positions a little bit, and, and really he's been only at the point. I uh, would like to use him more at the two as well. And the Celtics made a big move earlier this week uh, as they assemble their roster, meaning adding the eight players that are going to surround the core four. And uh, that was trading Glenn Big Baby Davis down to Orlando for Brandon Bass. And uh, Celtics general manager Danny Ainge had this to say about Bass. Um, I think Brandon's situation, I mean, he's, like, like I said, he's a you know, high-character guy with uh, really shoots the ball well. And, um, but he sort of fits our timeline, too. You know, we're trying to um, have, have great success this year, next year, and, and his, his contract length sort of fits into our timeline. Later, Brandon Bass spoke. I was very impressed with him, uh, referencing Danny Ainge's high-character guy, and here's what Brandon had to say about playing with KG. Oh, man, he, he long, man. <laughs> you know, he... he he almost two of me, man. So, it, you know, I got to work um, extra hard. 
you know, uh, but that's just me. That's how I've been my whole career. You know, uh, being on the size four, I got to work on talking to all these other players on. Um, but I think I'm going to learn a lot from them you know, and from the rest of the guys. And Bass also had this to say about playing with Kevin Garnett uh, after his first practice with the Celtics. He's like, um, he said, you're going to see a lot of antics, you know, the kind of things KG do. But, you know, what's crazy is that everybody, like, um, feel a certain way about KG. But I grew up around people play like that and show their emotions and talk while they're playing. So I've always been a fan of KG. Like, even though if I'm, you know, we all, we, we'd have had little bumps and everything. Uh. Kind of got into it on the court, but I've always been a fan, and I liked the fact that he played that way, you know, so. Well, it was great to hear from Brandon Bass. <clears throat> I was personally very impressed with, uh, with hearing him, and I think he's going to be a great, great addition to the Celtics. Uh, you know, quite, quite a different personality from Big Baby, but uh, everybody seemed very excited to have him there. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, we were... We were certainly uh, looking forward to that, and there was a lot of excitement around. And Barry, are you with us? Yeah, I, yeah I'm here. <laughs> well, Barry, what did you think of uh, knowing you used to work at the NBA and are a big NBA fan? What are your thoughts on the Celtics this year, especially after hearing those clips? Well, you know, I think that, um, as I started to say, they're... You know, they are getting older. I mean, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, some of the guys are long in the tooth and they can still play. But, yeah, I, you know, I think there is some, a lot to be said for uh, for Doc's assessment that there is a, you know, kind of a one-year window on things. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that uh, where that takes them. You know, they, 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 they still should have some success, I think. But, um, you know, they, they, I, I think it's, it's smart that they're aware that they, you know, that, that you know, maybe the window might be closing, and uh, you know it's time to really you know uh, get down to business here. And uh, you know they they've been they've had some uh, you know some success recently, and I'm sure they will continue. Yeah, I love that approach that Doc is taking. Uh, you know, let's go for it. the The time is now. I just think it's perfect for this team. And speaking of the time is now. Uh, we thought the time was last week for Chris Paul to go to L.A., but it uh, turned out not to be true, but the time was yesterday. So what do you think of the big Chris Paul trade out to L.A.? Well, you know, this is something that the Chris Paul trade probably should have happened the first time, the Lakers. And I think that the league, and David Stern in particular, you know, took quite a hit, uh, you know, uh, from a PR perspective. Uh, you know, a lot of people keep talking about, well, gee, is there a conflict of interest? Um, you know, should should the league have been so um, intimately involved? I mean, apparently they had told Bill Dems they had given him, you know, pretty much the the the, uh, the blessing to make whatever move that he felt he was able to make. And uh, you know, this kind of a kind of what happened afterward really kind of kind of kind of hamstrung the uh, you know the people making the basketball decisions for uh, for the Hornets. Uh, you know, and then there was another trade for the Clip, to the Clippers that was you know that was. You know, that didn't work out, and now finally it's happened. So you know they needed to do it, and you know I think it was it was it was very strange because Commissioner Stern's first statement was, "Well, we felt it would be better served the team by having uh, Chris Paul stay with the Hornets." Well, better served for who? I mean, it was kind of ridiculous because you know you knew the guy's going to be gone after the end of the season. So you know it, it it made more sense to trade him than it would would have made sense to keep him there. So you know at least. They'll get some serviceable players now. 
Um, you know, Paul will be happy in L.A., and, you know, it looks like everybody will be happy now, but uh, I just thought it was strange that things were just, uh, you know, that were denied in the first place. So uh, poetic justice, I guess, is something that should have happened a few days ago, but it, it's done, and now, now all the parties involved can move on. Well, a couple things on this. I, I can't imagine the Lakers are very happy that Chris Paul is going to be playing uh, in their building, but for another team, the Clippers, uh, the thought of Chris Paul alley-ooping and passing in general to Blake Griffin is enough to make any basketball fan salivate. And, you know, I, I'm glad to see the trade get done and that Chris Paul basically did get to go to another team. The Hornets got a little something. Well, they got a lot of something. They got a good deal. You know, they get a lot, uh, lot back for him uh, rather than him just walking at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, it, it was starting to feel like Chris Paul was being held hostage uh, in the midst of massive player movement and, uh, you know, in, in the aftermath of the lockout, uh, all of the NFL. So I'm just glad to see that Chris Paul, uh, you know, got to the, got to a new team and, uh, the Hornets got something and hopefully the NBA can put this PR nightmare. And that's what it was last week for sure. I mean, people were calling for Stern to resign or be, and, or be fired by the owners, uh, Hopefully this will put all that behind them and they can move forward and get their league, you know, back on track. Uh, but Barry, it's been a quick third segment and uh, we're going to have to take our break now, but we'll talk a little more NBA on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And still on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And uh, I'm going to start off with uh, basketball again. We just covered the Chris Paul trade. But, Barry, I wanted to get your thoughts on the NBA in general. You know, there's been a lot happening and beyond the Chris Paul trade. And uh, what are your thoughts after a week or two of the... Uh, end of the NBA lockout? Well, um, 
you know, I, I think that the, you know some of some of the older teams, you know, are probably uh, you know hoping that that wish they had the training camp to last a little longer. And uh, you know, I, but I, I think that uh, you know teams are getting getting keyed up for for the Christmas start. I know in New York, everybody's very excited now that the Knicks have gotten Tyson Chandler uh, in the fall. So uh, you know, there's talk of uh, their own kind of not really a big three, but you know, there was there was a lot of talk about Chris Paul coming to New York initially. Uh, you know, before he was he was traded, and uh, now there's, there's talk about uh, there was talk about Dwight Howard maybe coming to the Nets, but the, the, that seems to have stalled. Now the the um, the uh, Magic is saying that uh, they're going to pull pull Howard off the trading market. They're not going to trade him. So you know, but now you're going to have an unhappy player in your hands there. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm not convinced that he's going to stay with the Magic. I I, I think they're going to have to trade him at some point. Um, before he just walks away, you know, uh, along with the Hornets do with Chris Paul. I think that that's inevitable. It's going to have to happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we uh, you know, we, we were kind of fearing that uh, there would be a, a, a winter without the NBA. But, uh, you know, the, the, it'll be, but it'll be back. And I think a 66 game season will make the regular season more intense. I mean, I think. Personally, I think 82 games is too long. You know, I think uh, hockey works the same way. So, um, you know, I think there'll, there'll be a lot more intensity, a lot more meaning, meaningful, uh, meaning, uh, meaningful games for the regular season. So, uh, I think it's going to be good all the way around, and uh, there's a lot of hype uh, for the Christmas matchups, especially Nick Celtics. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I'm glad they're back. Uh, you know, particularly, uh, you know, when I was at Celtics practice facility on. Monday afternoon and get, getting to see the boys, you know, up close and personal was great. Uh, again, there, I, I liked the energy. I liked what I saw. And I just think, uh, you know, better to have them back than not. So I think Christmas Day is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and the Dwight Howard thing, I agree. I, if I'm Orlando, I just, you know, Get what I can for him now. No different than Chris Paul. He's definitely walking. There's no doubt about that. We all know that. And there's just something in me that's saying, you know, the way the whole Chris Paul trade went down and, well, did not go down to the Lakers, but did go down to the Clippers. My gut's telling me Dwight Howard's going to be uh, awarded, shall we say, to the Los Angeles Lakers. I just have that strong feeling. Obviously, it's been strongly rumored that that's where he's headed. <clears throat> and uh, I think he's going to follow in Shaq's foot, footsteps from Orlando to L.A. We shall see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Lakers are going to make a big push, especially now that they didn't get Chris Paul. Now they can use some of the resources that they were, that they were going to use to, um, you know, to hopefully get that done to bring Dwight Howard out there. You know, imagine Dwight Howard uh, playing with Kobe. You know, that would be quite interesting. But somebody brought up a very good point um, this week. Uh, listen to some sports radio, and uh, somebody mentioned that you know, if, if you're Dwight Howard, do you want to go to a team that's you know won a few times, and you know a team that's uh, you know really is Kobe's team, and it'll never be Dwight Howard's team, it'll always be Kobe's team, or would you rather go someplace where maybe it isn't anybody's team, like a team like the Nets, where you know you could team up with someone like Darren Williams, and you know kind of work on something that's never been done before? Would that would, would that be more palatable? Would that be more interesting? Would that be more of a challenge, you know. So yeah, but a lot of it has to do with with the pieces that will be going back and 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 what would work. And you know, supposedly the Nets had put a package together that would have worked salary wise. You know, taking some salary with the Magic and sending some back, and 
you know, uh, pretty complicated deal. Uh, I think it was going to be a four-team trade. So, um, but you know, Bill remains to be seen now. Now that now the Magic is uh, supposedly uh, you know pulled back on that and had some second thoughts. So uh, we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. I like your analogy, Barry, and and you know the closest situation to that I can ever remember is. Uh, that was a strategy used by the Red Sox to get Kurt Schilling to come to the Red Sox when uh, Theo Epstein specifically said to him on Thanksgiving Day in his home in Phoenix, you know, you can come to Boston and, you know, be the all-time forever hero uh, if you win the World Series versus going to New York and you'll just be another Yankee who helped them win another World Championship. And Schilling bought it, lock, stock, and barrel, and... He lives right here in my town, a mere uh, mile or two from where I'm standing at this moment, and uh, and he he is uh, trust me uh, uh, a forever hero here in New England. So I, I if I if I'm that guy making the decision, if I'm Dwight Howard, I want to do the Kirk Schilling thing and be become a you know lead a franchise to its first ever title, or in this case, break a curse. Um, so yeah. We we will wait and see. So Barry, I, I have to ask you. Uh, like everybody else, I just can't get enough of the Tebow story. So I've got to get your take on the Tim Tebow phenomenon. I kind of knew we'd be going there today. Um, yeah, really yeah, I have to. I mean, it's you know, it's it's flow. It flies in the face of all conventional wisdom. Uh, you know that you know, the NFL is a passing league. We all know that. I mean, just look up, just look at some of the numbers. Just look at look at what the Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees and and you know the top quarterbacks are doing this year. You put Eli Manning into that mix. Tom Brady, of course. You know, and you know, now you have, you're going to have you know uh, Brady and the Pats. You know, going to to Tim Tebow land. So it's going to be a very intriguing game uh, to say the least. I think. I think a lot of a lot of eyes around the country will be on this uh, on this game. Um, it, it's it really is a, 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 I guess phenomenon is the best way to put it. You know, it's just it's just mind boggling the way that it's almost as if it's scripted. You know, it's uh, or scripture for that matter. You know, um, preordained one might say. Yeah, something like that. You know, it it, it really is. Something. Use a Tebow term. Yeah, and it it really it's interesting. I mean, it, it's really. I mean, the NFL season. It's been a terrific NFL season for a lot of reasons. But this just adds even more spice to it, and it just makes it even more intriguing. And you know, it's it, it, conventional wisdom would tell you that, that it has to end sometime. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know if this is the week it ends. But you know, it's uncanny the way that that his ability and his drive and his confidence has enabled uh, the Broncos to keep coming back. And it, it's almost just like okay, you know, it's almost like you're prepared. Like you know, six minutes up the game, okay, it's it, it's it's time for Tebow to take over. And you know, and uh, you know, you even got some people questioning. You know, is, is is there a higher power at work here? You know, who knows? You know, it's 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 very intriguing, very interesting, and uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, again, it has to end sometime. It can't it can't go like this forever. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think any. I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't think anybody else does either. It's just one of those those crazy stories that's kind of taken on a life of its own, and uh, he's insanely popular. And there's a lot of people, you know, yeah, you know, he's he's a very polarizing figure. I mean, I, I think there are some people, you know, waiting for him to fail, but that has not happened yet. And there's other people, just as many people that are as fervent for him to succeed. Um, so, you know, uh, it's 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 one of the more interesting stories, not only in the NFL, but I think in in, in the entire world of sports this year. It's just uh, 
um, it's amazing. It's 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 uh, it's something that's it's really opening a lot of people's eyes, and uh, you know, it's the kind of story that everybody kind of wants to tune into every week to see what happens. And uh, you know, there's been so many so many negative stories in sports this year, you know, uh, all across the board. And here we have something that's positive, and I think that's another reason why people are kind of you know, grabbing onto it. Like, here's a here's a good story, you know. Uh, here's a, here's here's a kid who seems to be a really good kid, and you know, he's very um very forward and very uh, outspoken about his faith, and you know, something he truly believes in in all of that. And um, you know, like I said, you know, with so much negative out, here's something positive that people can hold on to. So it's a uh, it's a great story. It's terrific, and Barry, we. We open the show with Tebow. We close the show with Tebow. The highlight of the weekend, obviously, is going to be Tebow. That is my pick of the weekend. No surprise. And uh, we're here at the end of the show. Hard to believe. It always goes so quickly. But uh, let me just put this as one final thought. If Tebow, if this game is competitive in the fourth quarter at around 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night, I predict it is going to get some of the biggest ratings, if not the biggest ratings in the history of the NFL for a regular season game. It just feels like the entire nation is just going to be glued. And if the Broncos win and Tebow produces some magic, this story is going to just explode to a whole nother level next week leading into Christmas, and it's just going to be the feel-good story of the year. So, Barry, thanks again for coming on. As always... Thanks for having me, John. Always a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports and have a great weekend. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.